I always struggle when it's the two of us for some reason. It's just you taken away by my beauty. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yep. Okay, then. Alright. Shivano Sh- is a picture of my toenail. That's that's what she needs to know. And she won't hear this. No. At least I can tell her that I told her now. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast that believes not enough rock lobs to cover songs do the animal noise bit. My name is Terry DePaula, and I'm going to be honest, I've been spending a lot of time recently digging into Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's not the most on-brand thing, but I've been curious. Like, there was a story I read somewhere about the Tin Man, and how his human body parts that were discarded before the first book or movie um, had been stitched back together and took over his original life. Um, for the record, this takes place in the story, The Tin Woodsman of Oz. Thanks for that the, there's, there's just source material. You know the little reference bit at the bottom of Wikipedia no one ever reads? Your bibliography? Yeah, my, my bibliography. <laughs> my brain. <laughs> Most of those letters were correct. So, my, this is one of those things, like, origami fault, where my brain, like, took that information and trivia and just sat on it for, like, years. Um, and after watching a the YouTube channel In Praise of Shadows talk about um, Return to Oz, whatever that weird sequel is, mm. yeah, um, I, I ended up spending one of my Audible credits, as one does, on the Oz Collection. That's right, the Australian version of Audible contains one version of the Wizard of Oz books, and it is all the Wizard of Oz books. For those of you I think there are 16 of them. How long is it? Um, it is It is a clear all your Spotify downloads off your phone because, you know, it's a 90-hour audiobook. Yay. What a commitment. For fuck's sake. It'd be cool if it was broken up into bits. You better not want to listen to anything else. Because you can't. Um, yeah. Not even Spotify. I mean, it's a big commitment, but I, I've begun to enjoy it, you know. I wasn't a fan of the movie, but the weird details throughout the world were interesting and kind of fun to picture in my own head. Um, obviously, it's a very long intro, but you, uh, we're going to continue. It's a 90-hour intro. Damn it. It's a 90-hour book, so it justifies. Um, so, we were on one of our treasure hunting expeditions in Melbourne, as we do. And I found uh, Oz, the, the comic. Gee. Turned out there was a comic adaptation by Marvel. Um, not only was it crediting the original author, Al Frank Baum, but it was Scotty Young Art. Scotty fucking Young Art. I didn't yeah. even know he did interiors. We like the Scotty Young. He always does the cutest variants you ever did see of covers, but I've never seen him like do a book only start new. to finish. Yeah, what year is that? 2019. That just the... Yeah, okay. Well, the book, the comic originally came out in 08. There you go. They, they turned it into a um, library. In nice little omnibuses. So, without further ado, this week, the School of Wayward Nerds is heading to the Land of Oz and reading The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, the, the comic version. We will be comparing it to the film that Kaya may or may not remember. I don't think I've ever finished it, honestly. It feels long. Because, 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 because... Because... Because you're going to get us copyright claims. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we're going to be comparing it to... I don't even have to compare it to the audiobook. It's all, all the real source material, I suppose. It's pretty bang on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so joining me on my yellow brick road, I'm joined by 
my my cowardly lioness and producer, Kyle. Mm. Yep. I mean, it's pretty accurate. I had to keep closing my eyes during Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it's not technically a horror, so it's fine. It gets pretty gruesome. They traded some different like a woman in half. I loved that they with a hat. We we shouldn't tangent, but I do love that they traded the ninjas like fucking horror movie characters. Like reptile is very predator, very predator. Oh yes. And Sub Zero waiting in the fucking window of the door like that. He was doing that on purpose. That's not ninjutsu. That is, I want to jump scare an audience because I'm a horror character. Oh yes. I am the Slender Man. And again, they saw the woman in half with a hat. Doesn't sound scary, but it was. That's pretty good, though. Um, so back to um, not as good adaptations of pop culture things. <laughs> now, Al Frank Bond, original author. Um, he did. He was always a writer. Like, like he was always writing. Uh, a grand total of fourteen books about the Wizard of Oz. I mean, when you've got a good thing. He was trying to get out of it, but... Yeah. Um, he also did 41 other novels. That's a lot of books. 83 short stories. I mean, that's... Over 200 poems. Look, apart 42 from scripts. Lines. And there's four missing or lost novels currently. Mm. We don't know where they went. Or, I don't know. Probably like wandered off. Look, he wanted to break out from his own Oz world, but it did hold on to him. For most of his life, whether he wanted it to or not, he wrote, so, the, he wrote the original one. He went on to do. He want. He wanted to write more complicated subject matter stuff, mm. which shines through in the Oz books. Like, for instance, in the second one, that you know, I think it's in my notes later, so I'm not going to bring that one up. Let's think of another example. Well, all, do you? You can recall when I was listening to them while mowing, I would stop and message you like crimes or horrible things that are taking place without any context the rainbow king the you have to go in and touch the right um the gnome king yeah yeah in order to like unlock the people that have all been turned into objects that's pretty like, there's a lot of abuse of consciousness oh yeah <laughs> for some reason um, yeah, so it's he, very wanted, surrealist. he wanted to write other things. Even the first book, it's, yeah, it's classic surrealism, but it had, I feel like it had darker subject matter than like a Alice in Wonderland or something to that effect. Well, it, but, dep- it depends on what your consciousness was. His consciousness was obviously somewhat manically depressed. So in places, yeah. Um, Dorothy is based on a six month old dead niece or something. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so he wrote, he wrote the first book. He, he tried to do other things. Um, they made the movie after the first book. And that, uh, I wouldn't say haunted him forever, but it followed him forever. He would get nothing but fan mail to continue writing yeah. Oz books. Um, he ended up doing that. I'm up to book seven in my audio fucking journey. <laughs> Marathon. Yeah. I would say Odyssey. Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Um, and at the end of book six, he's like, he's literally like, and then they made Oz invisible and removed all contact with the uh, with the other world, like the rest of the outside world. So I can no longer um, report back to you. Goodbye. 
And then, because the collection is just, like, a constant running thing, he's, like, he has to explain how he learnt how to use those little telegraph thingies mm. to communicate with Glenda the Good, who taught this, the, the hairy homeless guy from another book how to do the machine so they could communicate, so he could pump out more books because the demand was... Just hounding him to continue. So it was kind of like prison school. Like, he did the first one, it was fine. Then he had to retcon himself back into the Land of Oz. And then he's like, I've done six of these. Good, alright? We're good, right? Can we be done? And then, yeah. (laughs) They're like, no, not all good. Come back here. Come back here, sir. We want more... But I feel like he did get to vent some of his other concepts and ideas into them. So it, it still worked. I hope it wasn't. I hope he didn't hate it. I mean, if you really disliked it, you wouldn't keep doing it. Yeah. Unless it was making you, like, quadrillions of book. I think it was making him any money. He had to, like, sell the rights to the first couple just to stay afloat. I think, I don't know when the Great Depression was, but I feel like it's old-timey enough to be around then. Yeah. Alright. So, now we have the comic adaptation version of the story. Uh, it was... It, it, the story's not by Eric Schenauer, but, you know, I, I suppose he's helping adapt it. Yeah. Building it for the format. And it feels miles closer to the truth than the... Version done by Noel Langley, Florence Rayerson, and Edgar Allan Wolfe in the 1939 movie. What are you talking about? The beautiful family entertainment piece is not accurate? It's not. Yet again, another book adaptation falling short of the mark. Ah, uh, Hollywood, destroying good books since 1939. Isn't it funny that they do that constantly with Batman and Superman movies? And it's annoying for fans of the book. But the movie, Wizard of Oz, was made the same year as Superman and Batman were invented at all. And they were already fucking up these adaptations. <laughs> yep, um, as we previously mentioned, Scotty Young was the artist. Um, he's, he's a predominantly Marvel artist. I think most comic book readers would recognize his super cute, um, child-friendly art is always a beautiful variant cover or statue. You can always recognize it. It's nice. Um, in this title, though, he does more. Um, the guy has an amazing range here. Like, not y- you can always tell his art because it's always very by numbers. Mm. But the variety in this version is—I've never seen him go that that hard before. I mean, so I, I, but it's that's fun the thing—you don't really see him do insides. Yeah, but so even he, he's got more room to expand and play and. Yeah. What not? I'm gonna bring up an image with my little machine here. But what what I mean is like his cute art, but he, he falls into that Jim Lee problem of it all is very the same. Yeah. You know, everyone has the same body shape. It's just a matter of costumes, really. But you know, like I know that. In the case of Jim Lee, we usually make it out that it's a bad thing, but it just as as soon as you saw these books, you knew whose artwork it was. Yeah, they're still stylistically so, something. It's just um, 
I don't know what the word is. They sort of fall into like a artistic routine almost. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, but in, in this, because he's doing interiors and he's doing a lot of a very big variety of weird fucking characters, you, you get more out of it. It's cool. Um, so, let's start the comic here with, like, talking about his art. Because his... Let's start the comic here because, um, you know, on the subject of his art, Dorothy and Toto are beautifully drawn. Um, I like his classic stuff, but there's... So much in this. Like, Dorothy is a slender kid. Yeah. Compared to, like... Normally his characters have, like, the chubby cankles and the and the fat little baby arms and stuff. But this has, you know, possibly a malnutritioned kid. Because, um, you know, I mean, they're very poor. I mean, that's time accurate. Yeah. Um, and Toto looks like if the dogs from Caroline were chubby and cute. Yeah. As opposed to weird. Fucking Caroline. Yeah. Um, yeah, it starts off... Much like the original books, and not at all like the movie, because almost immediately the tornado hits. I mean, it is sepia-toned. Yeah. Um, the colorist, uh, Jean-Francois Berliet, who oh, I was on such a fucking roll there. Uh, let's say Berlio. <laughs> That'll do. Um, taking note of how grey the world of Kansas was in the original book, mm-hmm. um, the novel made a lot of points about how shit colourless the place is. Um, Uncle Henry runs to protect the livestock and get them away from the tornado, while Auntie M takes Dorothy into the cellar. Um, in the commotion, Toto runs and hides under Dorothy's bed, so she abandons the cellar to keep the dog safe, and then the house tears away. It is carried so far and so long that uh, eventually Dorothy just goes to bed. <laughs> so all that intro stuff you see in the film? Yeah. No. Well, you do. No. Kind of. No. There's no, um, what's, what's Mrs. Deagle's name in this one? Well, you don't... Blotch, something. Yeah. The, the, the one in the movie, is, they, they made that up. Is it just cuts out the, like, introduction to the world part. Because the world's not the important part of the book. No, but it gives, like, it makes you connect with Dorothy. Whereas this just throws you straight into it because it's not about Dorothy. Yeah. You still see her, like, go to bed in her own bed because of the tornado. I'm just adding that to my list of differences okay. between the movie and the original book. Okay. Um, yep, she wakes up. Um, and it's... The the main setup here is accurate to the, the one that people know most. Um, the Wicked... Witch of the East is found dead under the house. Dorothy wants to go home and must travel the yellow brick road to ask the great and powerful Oz for help getting home. Key differences here are A, no musicals. You know, you know I'm all about that. There's no nursery rhyme bits in the book. Uh, B, colourful. Not as colourful as the movie. Um, you see, the land of Oz is broken into quarters. There, there's, there's a map, you know, that exists. That's what I'm looking for, which might even be up on your on your computer still. Nope. Dang it. Uh, it looks like this big square. I don't like that I can't full screen images on my fucking iPad anymore. Just saying. Yeah, I don't have time for this. Um, it looked like that big square with a big desert around it. Okay. See how Munchkin Land is very blue. 
Yes. It's because it's their color. Uh, Oz has, like, gang colors, I guess, would be the closest human comparison. Well, how else would you know where they're from? That's right. Um, so, the land of Oz is broken into quarters, each with a unique color scheme. The Munchkins, the little known people that you see in the film, uh, exclusively wear, live, and hang out in blue. Different. Mm-hmm. The color imagery in the source material was brought up quite a lot, actually. Like, you know, the, the gray of Kansas, the blue... Uh, the Emerald City, the Yellow Brick Road. Colors everywhere. All up in here. Um, the other difference is the Magical Witch's shoes. They were made red in the movie to make them stand out better on the screen, but they were supposed to be silver. Mm. What do you feel about that? Do you have a preference? Um, Which shoe would you rather wear personally, a silver one or a red one? Look, They're both sequined. Unbeknownst to you, Hello. as a child... Yep. The only thing I ever wanted desperately in my life was a pair of ruby slippers. Oh, yeah? And I used to beg for them relentlessly. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Never got them. No. So you prefer the red ones? Yeah. So you're telling me? Yeah. All right. So Dorothy gets changed. Um, she just gathers, like, supplies out of the house. Uh, she wears the witch's shoes to replace her shitty old poor people shoes um, and heads along the road with Toto. The munchkins are nice... Um, to her because she is the sweet sorceress that killed their dictator. Yeah. Is also true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's pretty... I remember that being a thing. They sing a song about it. They all hang out. Um, later in the day, she rests, and there's, like, a little festival. Like, so people are very accommodating in Oz. I don't know if that's an old-timey thing where you just, like, shop at a house and you're like, hey, I was just, like, walking through your town. Can I, like, eat your dinner and sleep here? And they're, they're always like, sure, bud, whatever. I guess there was no stranger danger in the 30s. Not all. Yep. So, yeah, she rocks up at this place now having this little festival to celebrate uh, the fact that they're free people now. Do we feed witches dead? There's a lot of um, global political, like, stuff buried underneath Oz. Because... Most good books are very that way. Because mm. you've got, like, the West and the East are run by evil witch, like, dictators. And... You don't really fuck around with the north, but the south, the red section, is Glenda's area. So the, no- the north and south are, like, chill-free people, and then the ones on the sides are, like, really sad. Um, so they're, they're all free. They're very happy. Tell me if a guy named Bok appears in the book, in the movie, sorry. Uh, can I have some context? He's just, like, a big munchkin with a beard. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's just... Uh, there's, talk- a, there's like a mayor of Munchkin Land, which I'm assuming is that dude. I don't know, maybe he's like sort of a similarity thing. He talks a bit about the color theory, honestly. Um, so the her, him and Dorothy are like hanging out at this little festival, everyone's singing, dancing. It's a little barnyard, yeah. yeah, little barnyard thing. It kind of reminds me of the festival from um, Back to the Future Three. Oh, I was gonna say it looks a lot like um, the the party for Bilbo Baggins. I don't have context for that. <laughs> That's what it looks like. All right, cool. Um, yep. So she's wearing silver shoes. Silver is the the um the Oz color of enchanted stuff. Um, and she's wearing the blue and white checked dress, which I think is accurate to the screen as well. Yep. Um, white is a col- is a witch color, like a good witch color. Whereas all the bad witches are wearing a shitload of black. Duh. Yeah. Um, and blue is the Munchkin color. So she's literally, like, showing up. She's dressed up like a champion of the people. Inadvertently, but still. She's showing up in gang colours. 
just killing dictators, just hanging out. Peace out. Yep. Uh, yep, the, the following day after the festival, she continues along the road with Toto, the dog. Um, Bok wouldn't join her on her journey, which is, you know, rude to leave the little girl just, like, hitchhiking through an entire country. Um, Look, but he's got bigger fish to fry. His reluctance to deal with um, Oz the Great and Powerful without good reason starts to foreshadow the mysterious wizard a bit. Um, anyway, the next scene is meeting Scarecrow. I'm assuming this is pretty accurate to the, the, what, the what the movie chose to do as well. Um, I like her looking in the field at him standing there in the breeze and he winks at her in the in the comic art. I'm pretty sure he does that in the um, film too. Look, I love his design in this. He, yes. He's got a fat little pudgy pudgy. Yeah, he's got a little bit of belly. But like. it only pops out the bottom of his shirt. He's a little fat boy. Yeah. I, I, it's, a, it's a little bit... Um, Nightmare Before Christmas esque. He's, he's got the you know the big eyes and the, and the big round face. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I like his hat though. That's nice. It's like a it's That's like a, a tall bucket hat. Weird weird bucket top hat. <laughs> Notice that he's dressed in like shabby Munchkin clothes too. Mm-hmm. It's all leftover blues. Um, yeah, she helps him off the pole so he can stretch and relax his back. They they chat a little bit and he's like he decides to tag along to get some brains. That is the same. He doesn't dance routine. Well, all right. Um, yeah, he doesn't mind being straw because he never tires, gets hungry or hurt, or have to sleep. Like, there's a lot of creepy moments throughout the book where Dorothy's sleeping in a room, in one corner is just standing the scarecrow watching, and in the other corner is just Tin Man standing there watching. I mean, no one can fuck with you. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, she is putting like those sleep apnea demons in her room purposely <laughs> she's doing that shit to herself now yeah but i think i would be fine with it yeah you know they're nice but it's a creepy visual no but you think if you're going on an expedition everyone's like oh i'll take the first shift then you take the second shift or something they take the full shift i can get eight hours of sleep yeah. i'm good here you just like napping oh hell yeah yep so he thinks People think he is a fool for not having brains, and that bumps him out. He wants the brains. Um, I like his design in the comic. I like all the designs in his in this fucking book. Yeah, we'll we'll cover good. them as we go, but they're great. Um, yep. Speaking of cool designs, the next one we have is uh, Tin Man and his sweet ass mustache. Look at him go. Hang on, I gotta, I gotta skip forward a little bit. Okay, yes, I'm here. I'm dropping around a little. Um, after Dorothy and Scarecrow bond a little bit, they talk about his origin story um, and how she thinks Kansas does kind of suck, but there is no place like home. No, I'm not spoiling or foreshadowing. That quote has nothing to fucking do with the spell at the end of the book, you suckers. Hmm. That is not... That, that is a movie inaccuracy. Um, so, anyway, after all that, we meet the Tin Man. He's right. little Teddy Roosevelt. He's definitely got the mustache, doesn't he? And sometimes he's wearing the hat. Hmm. Um, yeah, he's rusted in place. Again, like in the movie, that, that part's fine. Um, and like the movie, he wants a heart. I don't remember if they give a reason in the movie why he wants that. They do, but I can't think of what it is. The guy who built him didn't have... He forgot to yeah, put one in. Yeah, didn't give him a heart. Weird. All right, we're going to cover Scarecrow Year One real quick here. But... Yeah? In... There's a return... It's not... I don't think it's Return to Oz. 
Um, but there's another film adaptation. Um, I think it's got like Zoe Deschanel or Emily Deschanel, like it's one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that one, the Tin Man was a woodsman that got trapped. Oh, he he got like put into an Iron Maiden and had to watch his family die. What the fuck? Um, and that's why he's the Tin Man, because he's stuck in an Iron Maiden. That's okay. I will, I will check it, because... I'm coming back. But... Weirdly, it's one of my sister who is, like, in, in the nicest of ways. A big dork? Yeah. Um, I'm impressed like that big... an adaptation went darker than the source. That's usually the exact opposite of these old books. Um... So, just because I know where you're gonna go with this, yeah, I'm gonna cover some origins real quick. Yeah. Scarecrow's sorry about that. Scarecrow's one is a strange thing. It's not necessarily something I can write about, but it's it's fun to see or read or however you choose to ingest your media. Um, it's it's just him gaining snippets of sense, senses and consciousness as the farmer builds him and paints his face on, only to leave him alone on the pole. Um, the Tin Man, however, begins with the Tin Man in his mortal form. Nick Chopper is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, the, he's a woodsmith in love with a munchkin woman. Um, she would agree to marry him if he worked hard and provided them a nice house together. Kind of gold diggy, kind of simpy. But I guess it makes sense. I mean, it's pretty small. Sorry, I'm not sure the time, but okay. You've seen his house. He lives in like a... A fucking woodshed in the house in the woods. Is a house. Um. So yeah, she's like, "Well, we need need a nice house to settle down in." Okay. At the time, she was living with an old woman, doing her chores, doing the Cinderella beat. I suppose I would say. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. When the old lady caught wind that her living maid was preparing to leave, she consulted the wicked witch about it. Um. You know the one that's currently dust under a Kansas farmhouse. Yeah. Um, the witch was like, yeah, bitch, I'll hook you up. Don't worry about it. So the following day, um, a pre-tin man went out to chop wood. The axe slips out of his hand um, and cuts off his leg. It's good. As you do. Um, great imagery in the comic. I like the way all these do. Um, a lot of the darker moments are treated in silhouette form. Yeah. There's his foot swinging away in the top corner there. It's I'm very impressed by the art, honestly. Yeah. They definitely, like, had a very clear... Scott Scotty Young went way harder than, A, he normally does, and, B, for a Wizard of Oz adaptation. He didn't need to do this. He didn't need to work this hard. I've, I've seen some shabby um, adaptations. Um, everyone who wants to see a good example, Google bad art injustice and find that one. Where Batman's crying, but they coloured the wrong parts of his eyelids. So, <laughs> that is a fucking nasty image. I hate that one. Um, speaking of adaptations, it's mm-hmm. called Tin Man. It was a three-part sci-fi series. And it just explains the Tin Man story. Cool. I'm not up to his solo book yet. It's got no additional. Nice. Um, yep, so his leg gets cut off. The, the tinsmith goes to his... Uh, sorry, the woodsmith goes to the tinsmith. I who I guess is like a sort of work-related body. 
blacksmith. Yeah. Not specifically a tinsmith. I know, for but some like, reason in the it's, book. A, it's a metal worker. Yeah. So um, yes, they would know of it. Yeah, he, got, he gets a tin leg, but his persistence is like, fuck you, I'll just have a prosthetic leg, I'll keep at it. Um, that pisses off the witch, who was just like doing a solid for some other old cranky woman, mm. who she probably related to. And it didn't work, you know? So she's like, God damn it. So she ha- so she hexes the axe again. He loses another leg. Uh, another prosthetic gets put on, continues. Uh, this continues even further. He loses an arm. Then the other arm. Then, remarkably, somehow, his head. As you do. The Tin Man persisted through all of this, continuing to just add prosthetics on. Um, until the axe went through his chest, splitting him in half across the ribs. Uh, when the tin smith was done repairing him, the tin man was now heartless, no longer had any human uh, in him. Uh, he no longer cared about the munchkin woman, and just continued soullessly working, which brings us to him rusting in the woods where we found him. Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, it's relatively... Well, that's a little bit darker than the usual story, but... Um, Al Frank Baum's original thing was trying to build nursery, not nursery rhymes either, but like those old wives' tales, like the Jack and the Beanstalk shit. Yeah. For a modern era. Yeah. In the 30s, which doesn't work technically now. But um, there's a lot of dark undertones in every fucking nursery rhyme and Oh, fairy shit tales like that. are the worst. Yeah, they're, they're called grim fairy tales for a fucking reason. That's where the word grim comes from, right? Uh, they were written by Brothers Grimm. Yeah, that's yeah. when people say something is grim and dark, I think it comes from those guys being grim and fucking dark. Well, because the original, like, Cinderella, the original story is... Hansel and Gretel eat a woman. Um, yeah, well, but Cinderella is... One of the stepsisters cuts off her toes, the other one cuts off her heel. Yeah, I remember that shit. To fit in the, the shoe, slipper. yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you reckon Hansel... the assistant carrying around the shoe sees them, like, putting, like box cutters to their foot and being like, you obviously didn't wear these, like, during the weekend. Um, <laughs> Rapunzel, the prince, ends up getting his, like, eyes carved out by thorns and crows. Mm. Um, so that he can't, like, place who she is. And the age difference between Snow White and the prince is fucked up, too. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, so they've, they've all got those dark undertones, and I think this, um... Handles that stuff pretty good. Yeah. Alright, so, if my recollection of Anthology of Interest 2 from Futurama is correct, the next character we're supposed to meet is Zoidberg. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the comic, however, we meet the Cowardly Lion. I fucking hated him in the movie so much. Rawr. He is insufferable. <laughs> my god. <laughs> um, yeah, so, he sucks. Uh, I love him in this, though. Yeah. He is so stupidly big. <laughs> Kyle, why is he so big? He is much bigger than everyone else. But, like, when you look at Dorothy compared to a... Um... Look, she's a child and the munchkins are munchkins. But, that's a... but he's fucking so big. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care that everyone is just short. He's still really big. His head is, like, the same size as her. He looks like he, 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 he's shaped like a van. Yes. Do you know what it's like? <laughs> like the fucking dude from Spirited or... No, my name is Totoro. 
it's kind of like that. I was going to go when um, Mona turns into the van. Oh, we're on the same wavelength of cat transforming to boss for no reason. Yeah. Why is that a trope? Um, yeah, I, he's, I'm so, I'm just charmed by his sheer size, so I'm fine with him in this. Yeah. Um, anyway, he is a coward that roars to bluff his way through things. He has a big roar. He's, he's all bark, no bite, I guess would be the, mm. the thing here. Um, he, he joined the part, the group, the, the little Scooby gang here, in hopes of finding courage in the Emerald City. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that part is accurate as well. Um, the couple of beats shown in the original book and the comic here that we get uh, that the Tin Man accidentally steps on a beetle and cries so hard his face rusts shut. <laughs> um, so they have to put the, the little oil onto his face. It shows that he already has a shitload of heart already, maybe too much, frankly. Mm. Um, it's funny in the book that Oz gives really no one anything. It's all about the placebo effect. Um, we also have the lion. But it's the same way in the movie. Yeah, but they have way more placebo. We'll get to it probably in part two. But I don't remember in the movie them clearly having the thing that they want. Yeah? Pretty much. I didn't make it that far in the movie, honestly. It's, I was a child with the attention. It, I, look at my it, attention span now and imagine me as a child. Oh, yeah. Um, in the movie, it's more like a here's a physical object to remind you that you've already got that thing. Like, he gives a diploma to the Scarecrow so that he can show other people that he's received a yeah, diploma. Yeah, because the Oz dude, he's like, it's not about how much you're loved. No, it's not about how much you love. It's about how much people love you, which feeds into my, I think he might be a cult leader mindset. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right? 100%. All right, um, another thing we get here in these bits, like, leading up to the next part I remember from a movie is... That the lion doesn't eat with them and then, like, sneaks out late at night and they don't talk about it. I don't think they eat at all. He's, like, it's very heavily implied he's going out and, like, eating animals and raw stuff because he hates cooked food. Mm. But he's I love I, I love the way they do it in the, in the book and in this, that he's just, like, skulking off at night and Dorothy and stuff are aware that he's out hunting, but no one talks about it. Yeah. It's just, a, he's a lion, he's gonna do it, it's natural and it's normal, but it's, because he's consciousness and they don't want to bring it up, it's got a weird vibe to it, you know? They're all just looking at each other knowing, they're like, he's kind of Ed Gainey, but eh, it's fine. <laughs> Let's, we're not gonna deal with this, we'll deal with it. Not- exactly. So it's a fun way of treating it. Um, The next scene I think is missing from the flick as well, <clears throat> is the land of the Kalidars. Which are like bear tigers. They're, they're um, what, what are the saber tooth? Saber tooth from my sage. The saber tooth tigers? Mm-hmm. They've got the big warrus fang? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the big scary tiger bear thing creatures with walrus tusks. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's a montage of the characters having all the things they're searching for all along. Scarecrow smartly comes up with a bridge plan to get them out of the uh, the Kalidar territory uh, with the help of the Tin Man. Then you got the lion bravely willing to fight off the Kalidars to save his friends. Like, he doesn't know he's going to survive, but he's still, he's like, I'm, I'm going for it. Yeah. Which is very brave. Very nice, him. Yeah. Very brave. 
Um, and the Tin Man choosing to cut the bridge to kill these beasts, which, you know, he doesn't want to. He's reluctant to to harm others, but it's to preserve the people that he cares about. So he's got a big heart there too. Um, I don't remember how the Oz guy works in the movie, but they really don't need jack shit in this one. You know, the thing you were looking for was has been here the whole time, which is a Taylor Swift quote, I think, if I've done it properly. Right, good. I'm on the money enough. Yeah. Good. Um, another cut scene is the Wizard of Oz White Rapid Ride Adventure. Which doesn't exist in the movie. Yeah. Um, that, that's, a, that's a fun little bit, like, you know, they have to raft because there's a fucking raging river across the middle of the yellow brick road. They, they're all like, all right, so they build a raft, they get on the raft, and it just immediately <laughs> just goes down the stream with them on it like no shit. Hmm. And then they're rowing it with sticks, and then the scarecrow gets stuck on his stick, so he's like, all right, bye. <laughs> He's so casual about it. He's like, I'm trapped so long. And then they have the stork that delivers babies grab, like, pick him up for them. That's nice. Yeah. And he drops him back off. Um, you've also got the poppy fields. Which is in the movie. Yeah. Yes. Don't they get snowed on in the poppy field or something? No. That's or is that two different bits? The, the evil queen. Which? The evil, the evil queen. You're thinking of the chick in the I'm scuba diving outfit from Snow White. The evil witch... Poisons the poppies with sleeping power mm-hmm. to make them fall asleep. Yep. So Glenda makes it snow, which like neutralizes the sleeping. All right, complete bullshit. What's the point? Um, okay, <laughs> get ready, Kai, because we're about to um hit some more characters that don't appear. Are you excited? I love characters that aren't real. <laughs> that aren't real. Okay, so we get to I the poppy fields. Have many fictional boyfriends. Dorothy falls asleep. Yes. The the lion races, you know, a lo- uh, out for help, mm-hmm. but passes out, you know, like just uh, just at the horizon as well. So what you're telling me is they fall asleep in the poppies. The two men who don't need to breathe, Tin Man and Scarecrow, carry Dorothy onwards, but have to leave the lion behind. He's very big, as we said earlier. He's very heavy. That's the same as in the thing. Hmm. So good. Well, because they, for the same reason. Actually, how big is he compared to the Scarecrow, who is a human-heighted man, and the Tin Man? Because mm. I'm still saying Lion is big. I don't know. There's no, like, real good comparison. Damn. All right. So, while moving along, the Tin Man witnesses a wild cat chasing a field mouse through the field. Like, I know he's trying to save a passed-out woman in a poppy field. But it's important to protect the defenseless mouse. So he drops the axe into the cat's head. That's not very nice. Saved a mouse. The mouse I turns out... the cat! The mouse is the rat queen! I still killed the cat. Is the queen of the rats, and she repays the Tin Man by having her subjects tow a carriage for the lion to be brought out of the poppy field. On the other side, when they all wake up, Dorothy is given a rat whistle to hold on to if they ever need help from a big mass of rats again. Hmm. That part not in the movie? The rats aren't. That's a shame. The, the Tin Man and the Scarecrow are okay. I think Dorothy and the Lion fall asleep. Tin Man Ross, because he cries because they've fallen asleep. I don't know what Scarecrow is doing. Just hanging out. Probably. I wouldn't trust him. I see. Yeah, I, I like the Rat Queen. I also like that they're drawn 
horrifically. I don't even want to say... They're you know, very poorly I'm, looking rats. I'm not even going to say Timber, and I'm going to say um, Coraline. Whoever the fuck did Coraline. Henry Selleck. Yeah. Not Henry Selleck, that's the actor. That's dude. Magnum P.I. Hang on a second. I think Salek's right, though. But you know you know the vibe I'm talking about. Mm. Mm. He's the same guy that did the directing for Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Um, so after this adventure, we finally hit the Emerald City. However, I'm not sure how emerald it really is. Um, the rules, Kaya, are that the, you know, at the Great Emerald Wall. Are that Who is Henry Selick? Who's the other? Tom Selick? It must be the other guy. Oh, I'm so confused now. Um, yep, yeah, newcomers and people that live in the Emerald City must have glasses locked onto their faces with a fucking key. Um, green lensed ones. Oh, it's almost like... All the people who enter or live inside the city must wear them. The colorist is just having a fucking field day on this book. Yeah. <laughs> Look at them greens. Look at them shades. Much green, much shade. And I like the I like the visual of the goggles on everyone, especially Toto. The little, little tiny goggles on the dog. However, I'm not really sure if dog needs. Aren't dogs colorblind? Yeah, but like, put the goggles on. Okay. Rules are rules, Kai. We don't know if like munchkins and shit can see colors. We certainly know a lot about blue. Um. Yep. Yeah, so we then have Dorothy meeting Oz the Great and Powerful. Now, the thing that struck me in the original book when I was going through them about the like Oz's throne room scenes. Is that Oz is perceived as a malevolent? Oh fuck, malevolent. Malevolent. You, malevolent. I've misspelled it in my notes, and it's fucking up my pronunciation to look at it. It's killing me. Pronunciation. Yep. Um. Yeah. He's a shape-shifting beast. Mm. Is that accurate? <laughs> to the movie. You definitely. It the, could be. We only see the big head, don't we? He could project anything he wanted. Yeah. He could project a teacup for all I care. Yep, he's malevolent. Alright. Um, I like that his kingdom is happy and doing their own thing, but the people avoid the man himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and when Dorothy meets him, yeah, it's the big floating head. It looks very sinister and terrifying in the book. Yeah. Are you on, are you on that page? What do you think? Drugs. It's on some drugs. Well, it's got, like, right teeth and, like, weird lasery eyes. It's very sinister looking. It's cool. Um, so, Oz will send her home if she can lead another assassination campaign against the other Wicked Witch. That's right. That's accurate, isn't it? Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the same in the movie. Uh, the difference in the setup is that once a day, the party individually speaks to Oz in this version. They all do it at once in the other one. In the fake one. Um, fake it exists. Get, nah, doesn't. <laughs> I think more people have seen it than they've read. Not totally. We had a fucking doubt. Um, have you ever seen a Wizard of Oz book just around? No. No, me either. Um, so the, the next dude is Scarecrow. Which is weird seeing as there's like 14 of them. Mm, and they've, they've done the original movie that's very popular and they did a shitload of remakes that aren't popular. Um, yep, Scarecrow goes and meets a big, beautiful woman with height matching that of a Resident Evil vampire milf. 
Very 20s. Oz herself. Again, shape-shifting. Of course. Um, yes, he can. Same deal, though. She, she will grant his wish if the Wicked Witch is killed. Tin Man goes to meet a Demon Souls fucking boss rhinoceros-looking thing. Yeah, he's fun. Isn't he great? He's um, very big. Same deal. Um, the Cowardly Lion. <laughs> I love his one. I don't, I, I'm pretty sure they sort of rushed this section in the comic, but in the book he's like, I don't give a shit if he's a beast, a woman, or a head. I am the king of beasts. I will roar and I will scare the shit out of it and I will get what I want. Yeah. There is nothing on earth that can um, withstand me. Mm. Um, so <laughs> he walks in and there's a large blazing emerald sun. Yeah. The fucking sun. <laughs> he looks very scared of it. So it's settled. The group must travel to the land of the Winkies and find the Wicked Witch. As you do. Yellow. The, we're going to the yellow state now. The Winkies. Sounds familiar. They're I'm not like sure the if Twinkies. it's because you've told me or if Maybe. that's where she actually is. Um, where, where should I put a pin in my notes? How are we doing? Keep going. Um, it's 45. But by the time that I like break it down, I'll probably be like close to 40. We shall persevere. Okay. Um, the next bit is part of the reason I was glad to investigate the original source material um, in comparison to the sing-song child-friendly movie version. Mm. Once they... Are, this, this is the bit, Kyle. I know. You, you know, because I told you about it when I was going through it. Once they approach the Winkies' land, um, you know, much like Munchkinland, so same stuff, no, no yellow brick road. No. Which is weird to no. me. No, it's fucking weird to me because we're going into the yellow part of the continent and there is no yellow brick road. This is the one place we don't have it. What the fuck? The fuck? There's no yellow brick road. No, because the yellow brick road leads to Oz. It doesn't lead to, like, it's not just like a Ah, see, you, you ride the blue road and the, and the yellow and it mix together and make the green. Sure. What? Blue state have yellow road, make make green. Yes. Yeah, yellow town, no yellow. No. Already yellow, don't need yellow road. Yes. <laughs> Fuck sake. Daffodils everywhere, probably. They usually have colour-appropriate flowers everywhere. So sunflowers? Yeah. Because they would be black and yellow, and it's an evil queen. Um, <laughs> so, so, the, so the witch, being a witch and... I don't think she had the crystal ball from the movie, but she definitely sees a campaign of um, ragtag people who have killed before marching towards her to kill again. Yeah. She sends 40 wolves. She has wolf henchmen. She sends they have them. annihilated. Yeah, she, tear, she sends them to tear the group apart. Tin Man is like, stand back, friends, watch this, and proceeds to cut, slaughter, and kill each and every wolf. The comic does a great job in the scene. It's very cute. But, like, again, very Coraline in its dark, horrible thing. Just completely knocking heads off of rats. Um, this angers... The wolves. The Sorry, I'm getting... They look like rats, but they're wolves. Yeah. <laughs> they're gross looking, aren't Cause, they? Because they're in, like... Backlit. Again, silhouettes for dark moments, still drawn and done very well, so it's fine. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, so the witch just watched them eviscerate all of her pet dogs. John Wick times 40. Send the crows. Yep, so yeah, she sends 40 crows. They blacken the sky above Dorothy and her gang of misfits. Scarecrow is pretty confident here. It's his job to scare crows. He is Scarecrow. So he triumphantly T-poses to show dominance as a Scarecrow does. Yep. Um... Some of the crows recoil at the, sky, at the sight. They're like, oh, fuck. And then one of the wise old crows, he shouts out. This guy's stuffed. He's not even a real man. It's only a stuffed man. I'll peck his eyes out. Yeah. The birds turn back. They're like, oh, okay, he's not real. And they start swooping and pecking at the scarecrow. In fluster and frustration, he grabs one out of the air, just starts fucking pulling and twisting on its neck. There were 40 crows and 40 times the scarecrow twisted a neck until at last all were lying dead. There you go. Yeah, he just starts ripping them apart. <laughs> he doesn't stop until each bird is bent mis- and misshapen, just piles of feathers on the ground. They have really. There's like giraffe neck when he's done with them. He's yanking the fucking spines loose, man. Yeah. Fatality. Yeah. Um, the witch has one final plan before resorting to her own people bees. Should work. I wonder if there's 40 of them. It doesn't say. It doesn't say, but... The swarm looks pretty big, though. Yeah, I I feel like 40 is not enough for bees. Um, The Scarecrow, using a lot of brains here in this surprise attack, has Tin Man tear him open, cover up Dorothy and the lion in the straw to keep him protected and hidden from the bees. The bees show up, and there is only the Tin Man because the Scarecrow is now just wrapped on the ground. Um, And they're like, well, fuck it, let's kill this one then. Uh, They put their stingers forward and dive bomb the Tin Man... To which their sting stingers bend and break on his steel body, and they all die. Ha ha. Yep. Um, That's why you need wasps. Yeah. They I think that's specifically bees. why she has bees instead of like hornets or something actually evil. Hmm. Um. Yep. So after that, she's like, "Fuck! All right, I'll send people." So a bunch of soldiers march down there. The lion roars, and they run away. Good one. Yep. This brings us to the flying monkeys. Kai, what, what the fuck is up with the flying monkeys in the movie? What do you mean? Flying monkeys are great. They're gross looking. But what, what's her deal? Does she just have an array of flying monkeys? She yeah, definitely didn't have the rats. I mean, the, the wolves and the crows and the bees. No. I think this is around that scene when Scarecrow has a gun inexplicably, which Perhaps. I love to no end because it looks like a bad Photoshop, but it's apparently a thing. Yeah. All right. So, Kai, I'm going to explain to you the flying monkeys. Okay. The monkeys are summoned via a magical hat. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's one of those Russian-style to- fairy tube hats. Yes. You know the ones? Um, so the owner of the hat can summon the flying monkeys three times. Uh, the witch used them twice already. Once to take hold of the land of the Winkies, uh, and a second time to drive Oz and his troops away when he was like, hey, bitch, you can't just usurp one of my state places. Yeah. Um, so she decides that four dangerous assassins that have killed witches before marching up her street um, might be a good uh, third and final use. Mm. Uh, the creepy flying monkeys attack the Scooby gang of Oz, um, tearing at the straw from the scarecrow, you know, ripping him apart. They, they drop the tin man from the sky. They kidnap the lion to be a pet for the wicked witch. Uh, when they get to Dorothy, though, I didn't mention this earlier, but it's another uh, movie difference. Mm-hmm. When Glenda uh, sent a little girl to kill every enemy she ever had, you look at me like that. No, I'm just looking at you. Okay. 
Um, she put a kiss on Dorothy's forehead. This is a protectant seal to keep her unharmed on the journey. I don't think that was in the movie. No. She also doesn't send her to kill anyone. She, fucking... she just sends her to Oz. They're both orchestrating a coup against all the dictators in their land. Come on. She's... Come on, she's man. Not... She's evil in that movie. She's not. She's fucking evil. She's the good witch. Every villain thinks they're the good guy. The rapist from Back to the Future probably thinks he's the good guy. Good old Biff. Um, yeah, so the monkeys kind of shrug. They're like, oh, well, we can't eat her or anything. So they just take her to the Wicked Witch. They're like, hey, witch, we couldn't maim this kid. You, you, here you go. That works well. Uh, they forgot to interact with Toto at all, so that's, that's fine. So so long forever, magic hat is used up. Yay. Witch can't have no more hat. No more hat. We then get to the part that dazzled me in the original book. Um, and this is where we should put a pin in it for this week with um, Dorothy at the hands of the evil witch. What do you think about her design? The evil witch or Dorothy? The fucking either. Let's go for it. The evil witch is gross. She looks... Yeah, but she looks evil. The one in the movie is just... The, she's just uh, green. That's it. That's, that's all she has going for her in the movie. But it... Evil things are green. Haven't you seen a Disney film? Green is evil color. Are you foreshadowing that Oz is like a shithole or what? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the designs. The, the witch is one of the most angular, pointy, horrible things I've ever seen Scotty Young do. Yeah. Very, wearing black and yellow, like you said. Um, what do you think about this stuff? Um, it's interesting how, like, different it is, but I don't think, like... I know it's different, but the first one, like, has similar plays to the movie. Like, the more that you went into, like, reading the stories and stuff, Mm -hmm. the more... Like, I didn't realise what the world of Oz was like. Yeah. Yeah, neither did I. It gets a lot more surrealist and stuff. And I tackle some weird subject matter as it goes too. Yeah, like it, I find it weird that Wizard of Oz, like the the original story, mm. gets so much play, and they just leave the rest of the stuff. I think the movie gets so much play. All the remakes and Wicked and all that shit are based on the movie, correct? The fact that the witch is green at all I don't in the play it is. it's got to be right. Sure. I think it's based on the movie because honestly, the witch don't have a lot of stuff after this. I, I can't really spoil it. She has a book, she you know dies by water. Uh, it's based on a book by Winnie Holzman. It was written by a fucking fan fiction then. <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah, I, I like the thing missing from the movie is Oz portrays. That in the world there is good, and there but there is bad, you know? Like, it's all very innocent and easy in the movie. Yeah. But then in the book series, you've got that dude who gets so mad at his wife that he sells her, and they're like, I don't remember how many kids. There's more than five. There's a bunch of kids. He sells them all to a gnome king. Then the next day realizes what he'd done and just walks out into the sea to drown himself. I mean, that's nice. Yeah. 
it's they, they don't really cover that sort of stuff in the movie, you know? Mm. But yeah, I, I think it's fun. I, I, it's fun to dig around in these sort of things. It's a, it's would a you recommend take on something that you know? Yeah. Would you recommend the comic? Um, it's a, it's a fun thing to like. You don't even have to read it. It is like a really good art book of Scotty Young. Yeah, you could just flip through it. I know. But actually, there's really not that many dialogue spots in it anyway. Yeah, it's missing a lot of the uh, the quotes. I mean, it has the quotes, but they're not um. Just a minute, you like it better because there's no music. Well, there's no music in the book either. I love the art and the colouring and the designs. Like the woggle bug? Holy shit, like why does he look like that? Mm. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, the sawhorse is really gross looking. I don't like his his eye sockets. People don't know what you're talking about because it's not in the thing. Look, I'm just saying, the fucking art in this in the comic is really good. And the colouring. And, and yeah. then the story is actually based on, you know, a pretty well-written story. So you're all set. And it's based on the real thing. Yeah. None so of- if, if you thought you liked The Wizard of Oz, you should probably engage with this so that you can check that you like The Wizard of Oz because really you don't know what The Wizard of Oz is. Yeah. The end. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Producer Kyle. I have been here. Uh, I've been your host, Terry Pala. Remember to rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe if you want to hear part two, obviously. Um, explore our back catalogue. We've explained bad ad- adaptations of things before. This won't be our first. This certainly won't be our last. There is always a bad adaptation right around the corner for people like us. Thanks for listening to the School for Wayward Nerds. Class dismissed.